Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. And hello and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey guys, Dr. Santos here, Peds ID and researcher. And Josh, I think I'm dying. Did you get your flu shot this year, Santosh? I I got my flu shot. I don't think this is the flu. I don't have a fever, so this is probably not the flu. This is like a bad head cold. I'm not dying. I'll I'll be okay after a little bit, but I do. I does not feel good very good right now. Yes, I I'd say both of us coincidentally are sick, but not through the same virus, thankfully. I you were I think you said you were ill or you were getting sick first. I have a sneaking suspicion that you found a way to transmit your virus over cellular airwaves and bounce them off, you know, orbiting satellites and then send them to me through the mouthpiece of my pixel. I can't prove it. Um I just I just Quietly know you did it. Sips tea. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. So we're both <laughs> Oh, you audiophied a visual meme. That was fantastic. <laughs> so this week, it is an alternate week, and that means yeah. that although we are sick, it is time for us to return and yeah. give everybody's favorite segment, Journal Club. Yay! Yeah. Call Journal Club. Save me from this nightmare. Wait. Can Journal Clubs cure well, the common cold? <laughs> this week's Journal Club is appropriate because we're going to be covering a range of studies on the classics. You know, smoking, vaccines, meat, all the fun stuff. <laughs> I don't know why smoking, vaccines, and meat sounds like the worst or maybe the best Trader Joe's clone. Are you tired of the 
you know, relaxed, laissez-faire attitude of Trader Joe's <laughs> come to smoking vaccines and meat, which is different from the type of smoking that so, we're going to talk about this let's time. let's start with the obligatory smoking. get your flu shots because... We are well into flu season. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll put it up on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. But really, you guys should get your flu shot. For for those people that it covers, you know, even if the efficacy is a bit low, it will reduce the severity of flow. It will reduce the number of days that you have to take off. But most importantly, and I, I really, it blunts the passage of influenza such that the ability to transmit it from person to person goes down. It goes around the southern hemisphere, basically Australia. I guess some you could South say America, it comes from and, a land down under. Uh, <laughs> over the course of a year, the uh, influenza season across Australia is highly predictive and of the influenza while season it is a little across too early to tell Europe for and certain, North America. Most of the time, Australia tends to be predictive. So... It's shaping up to be another bad flu season for them and therefore us. Make sure you get the shot. Yes, please. But because we know, you know, the earlier flu seasons, 2017, 2018, were really bad. Um, this is another kind of on year, 2018, 2019. And uh, protecting yourself by, you know, hand washing, staying home when you can, when you do have flu-like symptoms, which include fever and upper respiratory symptoms. But then finally, vaccinating. Now, a vaccine can, can cause really, a low-grade really fever as a normal response. Flu season so that mortality. doesn't mean that the shot is giving you the flu. Yeah, your body's getting exposed to an antigen. You're getting components of various flu viruses attached to a conjugate, which is the thing that tells the immune system, hey, this is a foreigner, you should fight this. Uh, and then your immune system gains some memory. And then when you meet the flu itself, if you've had a, a successful uptake, of the influenza vaccine, then you you beat it up. And I'm glad that you use the term memory, Santosh, because as we move on into the first of our classics, we're going to talk about uh, MIB. Uh, <laughs> uh, is this the Will Smith movie? Because I thought this year was Gemini Man. No, no, don't be ridiculous. Not Men in Black. Measles in Body. <laughs> Although they do share a similarity in that they both wipe your memory. I feel like my only function is to set you up so you can knock these jokes out. <laughs> it does help. <laughs> You're really good at it. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, I'm trying to think of, you know, having purpose in life. <laughs> it's like, isn't that the guy who sets up Dr. Josh's jokes and, you know, then I die? <laughs> what a setup. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect yeah. punchline. Yeah. <laughs> it would absolutely kill. But. <laughs> no, this is something that we've known for a long, long time. But yeah, uh, set it up, Josh, and I'll, I'll fill in the rest of the stuff. Well, Santos, you're far more qualified to talk about measles. But a new study has uncovered or has better detailed how every measles infection essentially wipes your immune system's memory clean, which means just getting the measles literally makes you more susceptible to all other infections. 
Yeah, yeah. And and this was an observation that was made even, I'm talking about, you know, 1960s and 70s, um, where we found out that after a bout with measles, children would get sick from especially viral infections that they had been exposed to before. So for instance, you know, they get mononucleosis early on um, and then they'd catch measles and then as if their body or immune system had never experienced mono before they could get mono again um, and yes this can happen without uh, you know measles being around but we actually traced the origins of this and we found that specifically the measles virus gets into cellular machinery uh, and into our T cells and B cells um, and actually wipes clean that little library that we have of our mature cells that hold the key to making sure that when we encounter a pathogen more than once, we can fight it quickly so that the body doesn't experience symptoms. Measles actually disrupts that memory. It's like a bunch of inept burglars just yeah. knocking everything <laughs> yeah. over on their way through the place. Yeah, it is. And then, you know, basically, you know, you, you bonk the head of your, you know, your night watchman. Uh, and then they're, you know, the next time, you know, a previous set of burglars shows up, they're like, hey, have I met you? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, you, you come in, come on in, have a look around, I suppose. And it only takes, because of the viral cycle being so rapid, it only takes about two weeks for your immune system's memory to be wiped clean. That's a pretty short time to induce immune amnesia. Yeah, the, it's, it's extremely rapid. I mean, you know, you have immune amnesia that can happen after weeks and weeks with you know conditioning for a bone marrow transplant mm -hmm. right josh chemotherapy and all these kind of things and and that's why often after a transplant you have to revaccinate someone but this is so much quicker so next time you have concerns about the vaccinations whatever they may be please keep in mind you know if the arguments for herd immunity meaning protecting your community in general are insufficient, please consider that a measles infection would undo everything that your body had naturally, organically built up, if you want to think of it that way. This is worse and worse if we catch measles later on in life, right? So, you know, a kid getting measles can be bad. Um, one in 1,700 kids over there can get very sick from something like bad pneumonia all the way to one in 1700 kids getting a horrible debilitating and lethal encephalitis. Um, but these numbers go up and up and up as you increase in age. So if you catch measles as a teenager or a 20 year old, um, and all of a sudden, you know, you get your immune memory partially knocked out. Um, you can again become susceptible to diseases that you should have been immune to as a small child. So this is why not catching measles is so important. And because the, the measles vaccine is so, so effective, uh, almost 95 to 99% effective in populations that have been studied, um, it is one of the best preventions 
uh, that we have to date. Now, the methods are basically this researcher has been tackling this problem for about 15 years or so and taken part in multiple studies that did observe higher rates of infection and reinfection, especially among the pediatric population. You make sure to get your vaccines uh, because, again, you're protecting not only your community, but also yourself. You're the president of the health club for you. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll post the link to the Nature article, uh, Nature Communications, from Rick L. De Swart, uh up in the Netherlands. This was Thank a beautiful so elucidation of that. Uh, of now that you're thought. nice and calm and relaxed, I figured it'd be fun to get you worked up and let you rant about uh, lung mm. vaping injuries. Yeah, I uh, I just finished taking care of a beautiful young person, just 17 years old, who's just perfectly healthy uh, before they started vaping. Uh, they said every other day for about six months and... All of a sudden just came in with a horrible bilateral moth-eaten pneumonia in the intensive care unit, almost intubated. We've seen other kids uh, a little bit older, 18, 19, 22 years old, who did go into full what we call ARDS or acute respiratory distress syndrome, um, where just all of a sudden their lung function just fell out. No previous asthma, no nothing. Their inflammatory markers go up. And then when you do a CT of the lungs, uh, the lungs have this appearance that we call like ground glass, um, which is not glass you find on the ground, but uh, you know, like in a bar fight. That kind of frosted. No, no, stop it. <laughs> if you were to grind. <laughs> Uh, the glass down um, so that it, it has that frosted look to it. You can see through it, but it's still kind of hazy and uh, and translucent. <laughs> a, we have to go through and make sure that, you know, it's not an infectious disease and it's not a rheumatologic disease. And we have to be very careful because, um, you know, if it's an infection, for instance, you know, we can't use steroids uh, by and large, um, which is the treatment. But what ends up happening is these oils that are the carrier or the vehicle for these flavorings and sometimes for the THC, um, they are volatile hydrocarbons and they're evaporated and they go straight into the small airways, bypassing all of these beautiful defenses that we have, these tiny, tiny airways and alveoli, and boom, you can't breathe. And no, this isn't going to happen to everybody who vapes. You know, this is kind of like smoking. It's a bit selective. And and this has actually been found now from people who've undergone bronchoscopy, where you put a scope, uh, a flexible scope down into the lungs, you wash out uh, a lot of the junk, and then you pull it up and you can look at it, at it under a microscope. When you see that, you see that these white cells, these sentinel and uh, resident uh, macrophages and monocytes, which are supposed to eat up junk inside of the lungs, look foamy, like they're full of fat. You can actually help make the diagnosis this way. You can do a bronchoalveolar lavage, which means you put that scope in there and then you wash out the junk out of the lungs and you you take this stuff out. And then uh, added to the rest of the history, so a person who's been vaping and then you get this sudden acute 
respiratory collapse in the absence of infection or autoimmune disease. And then you say, oh, you know, it's it's these hydrocarbons, these little CHCH molecules that have been eaten up by the inflammatory cells that are trying to protect your lungs. And they get foamy. They get like look like they're full of fat and cholesterol and they get paralyzed and they release a bunch of inflammatory cytokines and they burn the lung. And so part of this is the you know the the oil itself which is causing an injury part of it is the host immune response but there's almost certainly no doubt that vaping is the trigger because this type of lipoid pneumonia in the absence of vaping is exceedingly rare so please people just cut it the hell out if you didn't need any more evidence i believe the ceo of juul said stop vaping and then step down he probably should given that in addition yeah. to the health risks that we're talking about it's also pretty explicitly yeah. a way yeah. to market smoking to kids but separate from that the idea that this acute lipoid pneumonia is caused by aerosolized oils from e-cigarettes specifically vitamin e now the question is are the oils coming from the cannabis product as 80% of patients who have presented with vape lung have been young males in their 20s with acute symptoms for less than a week before coming in? Or is it coming from the vitamin E oil used as the flavor carrier, uh, which is what is leading to Jules yes. CEO to step down? Yeah, and you know, we knew about these flavors before, Josh. You know, we saw acute lung injury in people who worked in some of these factories. Diacyl, for instance, is used as that like buttery popcorn flavor. And the FDA actually got rid of it because the people working in the factories who are making the buttery flavor popcorn, as well as our neighborhood friendly like movie theater concession stands types of people they would get sick from inhaling this stuff. I know this is a very oh, yeah. anger-inducing story for you, okay. but let's have some fun with it. As we said, the symptoms, difficulty breathing, cough, occasionally chest pain from all that coughing, nausea, vomiting, fever, chills, all those things. But vape lung is just kind of, or vaping lung injury is just what we've been calling it in these early stages. That's largely okay. from the newspapers. We don't really have a specific name other than acute lipoid pneumonia. And we're always going on about how terrible scientists are at naming things. So this week, I want you to tweet at me or Santosh. And Santosh, let's hear your best, better name for vape injury. Uh, <laughs> there is one, uh, you know, Juulitis uh, came around, which was kind of silly. Juulveolitis. Uh, Juulveolitis is actually a really good one. As opposed to like, you know, vaping inhalation injury or vape-induced inhalation injury. Uh, I, I can probably sleep on this and, and think of a much better. Well, something. send us your best. I'm at Dr. J Comedy. Santosh is at Toshifro. And uh, I want to see some better names for vaping lung. Let's throw it out to you guys. Santosh, what have you heard lately about... I know you're vegetarian, but what have you heard lately about red... <laughs> what's so what's I, the good I word, my Hindu friend? What's the good word? So, uh, you know, there's all these... 
I, I live out in California, and you know, being a I Southern already said California, you were vegetarian. Being, yeah, <laughs> but it's it's not that we we get fad diets all the time, right? From our patients and all these kind of people. Oh, get rid of gluten or paleo or whatever the hell that you know is the new like du jour that either like a Kardashian will come out with or something. There were actually three really good papers on, um, well, one really bad one, a couple of other, you know, good ones on red meat. The the look, the evidence is pointing to... Let's just play free association. I say red meat, you say... Okay, go ahead, go ahead. There's a (laughs) long-standing association between meat and poor health, at least to those of our generation. It raises your risk for a variety of diseases, and as such, we have been told it, it is, to and cut down, yeah. which is great because we're seeing a huge rise in meat alternatives such as Beyond, Impossible, Plant, all the whatever the brand of fake burger is. Yeah. A new study has come out that basically says, oh, the last 30, 40 years of meat research, which is a field, should just be thrown out. And, you know, go ahead. <laughs> Eat as much meat as you want. Go hog wild. Well, like, I guess they're trying the to call hogs people? the other Is it other people? Is it Soylent Green? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I messed that up. No, no, no. Pork Uh-oh. is the other white meat. Babies is the other other white meat, <laughs> which uh, those fans of ours who've seen Austin Powers, so although I may have aged myself out. That by everyone's talking that about place. with this red meat <laughs> not being bad. It's a little it's a little much to say it's exclusively good but it's not bad so why don't you tell us about how they came okay. to that conclusion this is multiple pieces of research and this is what we call a systematic review so when we try to come to a conclusion with data right so say you know the, our previous story that you know vaping causes you know, lung injury just from the vaping. In this case, when we're trying to find if red meat has an association with specific diseases, and this too, you know, we should parse it out, right? So certain cancers, heart disease, et cetera, et cetera. We can't just say it's blanket bad for you. That's a bit absurd. Um, But what they did is they took a look at the strength of the evidence, first of all, meaning that were the tests and trials that were done well controlled? Did they have a large enough sample size? Did they show the effect that they were purporting to show? And then when you compile enough of these good pieces of evidence together, usually in the form of several studies, you get something called a systemic review or systematic review or a meta-analysis. And this is the closest thing we get, you know, when we're trying to compile a solid guideline and saying, this is the stuff that we can assert with a lot of surety. And then we usually try to put in there, you know, things that we don't know yet. And so we had two teams of reviewers independently extracting data, assessing risk of bias. They got 73 articles eligible for these analyses, uh, 30 for cancer, 80 reported cancer incidents. Um, And, you know, there was like, I guess, low certainty evidence. 
um, that said uh, three you know, servings of, of unprocessed like five meat or per seven week, days a week were associated with a very small reduction. So that like if you went under three servings of unprocessed meat a week, right, exactly, which is a very American thing, you had a small reduction in overall cancer mortality over a lifetime. And, you know, this is kind of what we got. meat, veggies, grains, all these kind of things. Eat it in a certain amount of moderation, and you're gonna be fine. Not according to this. No. You don't have to moderate, and moderation's for no. suckers. Here's the yeah. problem. He used a gr- nutrition science. Is it hard is to no, but so this was this was like the meta analysis, right? But you're you're talking about a different analysis in grading these studies, saying how much importance should we assign to each study in our overall study of studies. Right, exactly. So this is called weighting. Um, W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G. So not how much like weighting? Not tapping your foot and looking at your wrist. Yeah, <laughs> not not what we did for Godot. This is, <laughs> this is weighing or weighting the study. Yeah. And the way they weighted these studies basically was holding them to an unfair standard for the kind of information they're researching Uh, they treated it like a pharmaceutical drug study where you can easily have controls put people on a treatment or not on a treatment right you can't you know find it's it's there's a shortage of identical twins who differ only in one is a complete and utter vegan and the other lives on (laughs) nothing but meat and potatoes (laughs) that would be an interesting set of cohorts to do yeah because that's the ideal right you have age matching you have genetically identical you have very very similar or identical activity levels and sleep and you know concordance with things like smoking and sexual habits and everything else and then you're able to get rid of all of these that we call confounders and zero in on a single variable as it relates to a particular condition in this case josh i think they were focusing in on cancer well they also I won't say belittled the results of previous studies, but downplayed them specifically saying that, look, if people reduce meat consumption a week, there might be a proven one to six fewer heart attacks per 1,000 people, but there'd be no effect on deaths resulting from heart disease or any cause overall. Three million people is not small potatoes. Also, we've learned that the study has been funded by big meat. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, but this is important, right? You know, financial disclosures and conflicts of interest should be laid bare when you're doing this kind of things. Um, But we are running into a statistical paradox. We run into this quite often, right, Josh? So I say something like, you know, in our earlier data uh, that we were talking about vaccines, when I say, okay, you know, you have a one in seventeen hundred chance of getting sclerosing panencephalitis for measles. People would be like, oh, "I'll roll those dice. That's fine." But then you think about, you know, there's all these children, and there's three hundred million people. 
a one in seventeen hundred chance, you know, of of getting this encephalitis would be absolutely so bonkers. The, and to be fair, um, most in terms of flooding our healthcare system, food or nutrition research is funded by large agricultural or large food companies. But a little more suspect is that the analysis, yeah, led really by not Bradley a lot of C. Other Johnston, people an epidemiologist in Canada at Dalhousie University, was also formerly. Led a study that tried to discredit oh, international Canada. health guidelines advising Damn. people to eat less sugar. Yeah, and that, I think that science is well settled. And the study saying you don't have to limit your red meat intake was in part funded by Cargill, one of the largest beef processors in North America, at the same time that a wave of plant-based meat alternatives have become popular in all the fast food markets. So you can understand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a weird coincidence. <laughs> well, we're just a little skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I think it's good, you know, exactly how we put this into context. You're absolutely right. The number needed to treat NNT, if we're talking about something like heart disease, is about 6,000 people. You know, if you say you reduce uh, your, uh, you know, meat intake among 6,000 people, you'll save a couple of heart attacks there. But just like with the all these other statistical paradox we talked about, that is a real reduction uh, when it comes to your health. And the other part of it is that when we are seeing heart attacks, patients coming in with heart attacks in our hospital in wave after wave, if you're saying you're going to cut out uh, one or two out of every 6,000 people, that's a massive drop in the number of hospitalizations and morbidity and healthcare costs. Now, although you know, his motives may be suspect, a little bit of meat out of your independent which scientists and panels who reviewed Dr. Johnston's methods did note they were not very objective or yeah. rigorous. He's like, ah, uh, well, it's object. He said objective, but he admitted it's difficult to do these studies, and right. they all had to disclose how much meat <laughs> they ate, their personal <laughs> eating habits. So Johnson's like, well, I eat one to two servings of red or processed meat per week. I'm just saying, you totally can eat more. No conflict of interest. No. <laughs> so that's kind of like the the guy who's trying to promote smoking. Saying that, like, oh, how much do you smoke, Mister So and So? Me, I never touch the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so just you know, take it with a grain of salt. And if you're already in the habit of decreasing your meat intake, go your meat intake. Go right on ahead and keep doing that. Yeah. And while you're at it, you may want to reduce that oh my pinch gosh, of salt yeah. a little bit too. Go ahead and eat eat more meat if you'll just stop using salt. <laughs> Salt, yeah, the the pure salt that we use, the amount of salt that we use, uh, especially when we go out to dine in our uh, restaurants, it's, it's way too much. Um, I think, Josh, I can say with good confidence that at least in our American diet over here, we eat to excess. We eat sweets and sugar and salt and meat and especially processed meats to way to excess. Uh, if the average consumer um, 
cut down on the amount of junk food that we ate. And I, I totally understand that that's a very difficult thing sometimes if you're if you're stuck, you're doing two or three jobs a day, you just have to grab a bite at a McDonald's and that's all you get to eat for the day. Um, but if we as a society, if we're able to provide for people so that, you know, their food intake was a little heavier on fresh fruits and vegetables and we were able to drop the servings of meat salt and sugar uh per day we do a lot so that's it we've you know reinforced pretty much the same things we've been telling people from the beginning about smoking don't yeah. Red meat, uh, yeah. less, <laughs> and shots. Get them. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it, get them. You know, you, you guys might be saying out there, it's like, oh, you know, but at least the vaping is, you know, better than actually smoking. I say to thee, no. <laughs> Just don't, don't uh, do either, So please. that's it for this week. But I thought I'd try something new for the Just the Tips. Now that we do have a functional and updated Instagram, I looked at some of the most liked photos from the feed and figured I would cover one of them for this week's Just the Tip. Come on by, drop on over to Instagram, Facebook. Uh, tell us what you'd like to hear. The Jalmahal <laughs> Water Palace uh, in yes. in Jaipur, which is a five-story palace in the middle of a lake. Oh, and by the way, four of those stories are underwater. It's, al- <laughs> it's also haunted. You know, screams have been heard coming from beneath the <laughs> so water. So we've covered after dark. this before, and it's probably a combination of like drafts and infrasound, and you oh know, ghosts. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Oh, if if only my entire body wasn't hurting, I would kill you. <laughs> well, the palace. The palace's name is the Water Palace, and it's. It started as a duck hunting palace for the royals of Rajasthan. <laughs> duck hunting palace. You know what I miss with That's my right. duck hunting? It was an NES game. I, you know, I love coming out here and shooting at helpless ducks, but you know what would make it better? Castle. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> I don't approve, but to be fair, <laughs> if you're already, if you're going from standing in the reeds in muddy boots to sitting on a sure. palace, I have to agree. Yeah, yeah. Like if you can just put your feet up on the railing uh, while like lounging off a balcony and you just like aim your bow and arrow or your gun or whatever you have and just bang while people feed you grapes. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I'd advise doing it without the uh, without the shooting at the duck. Now you can book boat visits to see the garden on the fifth floor although you can't go underwater you can't use the undersea levels mario unless Uh, you have a froggy however it's hard to believe this place was neglected for over 200 years between being a live action nes game and a tourist attraction for the nearby amur fort um i can i can see that happening unfortunately you know, there were swaths of India which were kind of left alone because there were either colonial forces that said, oh, you know, you don't need to go there anymore. That's not important. And um, people who decided that, oh, this isn't an important, uh, you know, historical thing to maintain. 
But, you know, India right now is in a period of a little bit of self-discovery. I hope it goes in the right direction. Um, and some of this, a lot of this actually, is finding heritage sites yes. like this one. Make sure our precious uh, duck hunteries. <laughs> At least it doesn't have that soup dog. The, do the dog what? wasn't dead. The dog, dog was chasing down You'd the, laugh when the you dead miss. duck. Cheater! Walked straight up to the TV. <laughs> you, you just pointed your gun... Yeah, what oh, cheater! Oh, I forgot to tell you the it's most impressive like thing about real, Duck Hunt Palace. Like Water Palace. Whatever. You just walk up John and Mahal. shoot the damn thing. It's going to become a restaurant. Rumors on rumors. Oh, for real? Nice. Um, But after undergoing a six or seven year renovation <laughs> to take away the smell from sewage seeping yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, Okay. They have started to remodel it and are considering making it a restaurant as a tourist destination. Uh-huh. From the Trident Hotel... And I don't know. Nice. You could get okay. That'd be duck. Cool. <laughs> I mean, anyway, that's it for this week's I journal club. Just bamboo reeds. I don't know. Disappointed. <laughs> Disappointed. As always. Well, <laughs> we love to hear your comments, questions, oh, and feedback. Um, you can find links on where to do yeah. that, as well as support that's, us spiritually, good, emotionally, actually. or financially in the show notes. Oh my gosh, Josh. We got to do this for the next Looking journal forward club. To There's it. a monkey pox uh, vaccine. This show, this show is produced no, no, by me with pox. a lot of help. We'll talk about it in the next Santosh journal club. From Santosh and all our co-hosts. Our yeah. theme music is composed by monkey Rachel Ledger. And until mm. next time, as always, happy travels. Monkey pox. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.